What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Hey, uh, I am on my way home from uh, loading food. So uh, deployment cycle starting again. I'm getting more and more busy. So that's, that's kind of one of the first things I wanted to mention that I hadn't in the last uh, couple of spin the yarns is that I am getting more and more busy. Uh, I owe some of you some responses to some things, and I owe somebody a phone call and a couple other things. Uh, I haven't forgotten. I am just incredibly busy right now. I will get to all of those things before I'm gone, though. Um, but anyway, so what I want to get to today particularly is I've had a really ridiculous few days and part of why they've been so ridiculous is is one of the most important things that we deal with as leaders and it's been so ridiculous on such a large scale that even though I've kind of talked about it before I wanted to talk about it again in the context of what's happened so uh communication uh, it's the most important thing it is the most important thing we do and that we need to be very like aware of and cognizant of and constantly working on and learning more about and and just trying to perfect right and the the things that have happened to me and and my guys in the last three days and, and it kind of it started before that but especially the last three days kind of drove home for me how important communication is and how routinely we fail at it just on a epic scale and, and it, the way that it happened to me it, it happened at a very high level in areas that you don't think it should that you don't think that it does in the way that it did right so when I load food on a submarine in a particular platform that I'm on there's a lot of coordination involved right and we do it during a, a what's called a refit uh, there's a lot of uh, maintenance going on on the ship uh, they're fixing a lot of things in preparation for turning the boat right back around and getting us out on deployment, right? Um, the food load is often marginalized and considered almost like an inconvenience to the maintenance schedule, right? And so they like to cram us in an inconvenient corner and <laughs> and not give us enough time to do it. And, and you guys have heard me coming off of some food loads in the past where, you know, going on almost no sleep, working 20 hour days, right? So this time we had enough time to schedule it for a three day period, which is what we did uh, months ago. I'm very involved in the refit planning to make sure that my guys get taken care of, that, that it's planned in a, in a way that makes sense and that it's put in a place that makes sense uh, so my guys aren't getting cycled, right? So we did all that. We communicated all that. Everybody was fine with the plan. And then uh, we realized we had planned one of the days on a Monday that had turned out to be uh, a holiday, so we had to move to the right one day, yeah, easy day, right? So we slid it to the right, and this was about a month ago. Uh, we recognized that, fixed that, and then... Uh, we got a really high-level VIP tour dropped on us uh, that I'm going to talk about in a spin the yarn very soon um, that we had to prepare for, and they didn't obviously want me loading a bunch of food in the middle of that. So we had to reschedule a little bit and push it another day to the right. So now I'm on uh, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, and a Friday, which was today, right? Um, and then they decide that they don't want to do some of the logistics and this was an arbitrary decision that didn't make any sense 
um, but they make this decision that they don't want to do some of the logistics to support my food load and then do some of the logistics to support the tour only to kind of redo some of the logistics to support my food load. It was very low level, low impact, would have consumed very, very little time to do it the way, this way. And there was an alternative so that they didn't have to do any rework. Um, which the rework was so tiny that it, it was a blip, like it wouldn't have made any difference at all. So they decided they didn't want to do that. So they told me and my guys that we were going to work on Saturday, which I pushed back on. I thought it was ridiculous and it didn't make sense. I, I have three different civilian entities that I have supporting me that I can't just tell what to do. I have to work around their schedules, right? So I had to basically go ask if they could work overtime. So we do all this coordinating to, to do this we, because my CEO came back and told me that's what he wanted to do. Roger that, sir. So we figure out a way to support. I get all three of these civilian entities on board. I get all three of them to approve overtime for their employees, coordinate all these things so I can get the food delivered. Uh, I can get the contractors down there that help us load and stow it all. I can get the other guy that, that uh, releases it from the warehouse and loads it onto those trucks so that those other guys can deliver it. All of that's coordinated. All of them are going to work on a Saturday for me. And then about three days ago, they are all out of nowhere decide to tell me that their riggers, the guys that uh, work the cranes and the forklifts and stuff, which I, I can't get the food onto the submarine without a crane the way that we, we put food on. They just decide to tell me that they're not working on Saturday. Mind you, this whole thing was their plan. It was their idea to push us to Saturday because they didn't want to do this other thing. They didn't want to rearrange these logistics to accommodate the tour and to accommodate us. So out and after, and, and this is all after more than once at more than one meeting briefing, not only that we were doing this, but that the riggers were scheduled and approved and ready to go. So the rigger supervisor comes and talks to me and tells me he has no idea what I'm talking about and what do, you know, basically where do I get off? And so we had an interesting conversation. That's another story for another time. But uh, my commanding officer ends up having to go to the commanding officer of the people on the other side of this thing. And then they hashed it out at their level. And I, my understanding of the way that conversation was was pretty unpleasant. But it got done and they're working on a Saturday. So what's the ridiculous piece in this? The ridiculous piece in this is that at that high of a level, that commander <laughs> was dictating down the things that were going to happen. It was their plan. It was represented as their plan, and they were telling us what to do. So we go around, and we communicate, and we adjust, and we coordinate all these logistics, and then a whole other thing comes back down saying that well that wasn't the plan and that and from what the meeting i i heard about today they were telling us that we should have been working around the clock and that it should have only taken two days and saturday was a backup plan and all this other crap right so i i mean i can I, i'm seven layers removed from the way that that all that went down so i mean by the time it gets to me it's the telephone game right I talk to a guy who talks to a guy who talks to another guy that all, they all talk at a meeting and it gets briefed and then it, it's at this commander's level, right? So the first thing you got to recognize is how many layers are between me and this commander. So, uh, you know, am I ready to like, you know, 
burn this guy at the stake? No, I, I don't exactly know how this was communicated. I know that I'm being told he made all these arbitrary decisions from on high and and doesn't basically he's being represented as this guy that is a tyrannical dictator and doesn't care you know how this affects me and just makes decisions on a whim because he doesn't feel like doing things right there's a lot of problems with that assumption right number one him making these arbitrary decisions don't make a lot of sense because None of them directly benefit him and only hurt me, who he, I mean, this guy exists to support these submarines. The organization exists to support us so that we can get underway and do our mission, right? So by not supporting us, he's not accomplishing his mission, which doesn't make any sense. I mean, nobody's nobody's showing up to work saying, I'm not going to accomplish the mission today. I don't want to figure out a way to screw these guys. So that, that's part of it that doesn't make sense. And you got to understand that with the numbers of layers of communication that happen between him and his guys and me and my guys is a whole bunch of people that are prone to human error and that, you know, don't some of them may be too prideful to admit when they made a mistake or miscommunicated or forgot to tell someone they were working on Saturday or whatever. Um, and the way that that all like trickles down and, and the ripple effects that it has, you can't even fathom how that affects the people that it does. And by being so far removed from the process itself that we're communicating about, if this guy was making these decisions, misrepresenting what we're actually doing, which it sounds like there was some of that as well, telling me that I should be working around the clock and that a food load only takes two days. I, I could, it, having a conversation with that guy, I could very, very easily destroy that notion in about five minutes by taking 17 years of experience and expertise and explaining to him how in fact it does not take that long and what he would be doing to us and the guys and how it's literally impossible to accomplish it in the timeline he was saying right including oh by the way my mission that's planned got extended so i'm loading way more food than i would normally be all of which he probably didn't know at his level right so that's going to affect his decision making the guys that should be communicating those things to him so that he's equipped with all the information he needs to be equipped with to make the best decisions possible to support us which is his mission in the first place can't happen without effective communication right uh so it's pretty mind-blowing when you start to to you dissect communication by itself you dissect all the different things that communication does all the different ways it affects when we're talking about just one person to another like communicating a thing through a medium you know like sending the message it being received how complex communication is between just two people and then you think about organizational communication right how many people are involved in that how many different directions of communication travels laterally you know vertically uh just across to all kinds of different planes and how all those things intertwine and how everything's got to work to get effective communication to happen which all boils down to one-on-one communication between a bunch of individuals happening the way that it needs to 
but then for organizational communication to be effective, a whole bunch of occurrences of that individual communication need to happen the right way. So it's incredibly complex, just spider web of things. And by not taking it seriously, by not knowing what you need to know, by not communicating in, a, in an effective manner and having all those tools in your toolbox to be able to do that, by not taking this very seriously and studying it uh, and making yourself the best communicator you can possibly be, you end up in situations like this where I'm already working on a Saturday and so are all my guys, which, you know, that it is what it is. I'm fine with it. Um, it's a win that we got to do this food load in three days uh, and that they didn't try to force us through the eye of that two-day needle. But uh, my God, I mean, the, the pain that we went through could have been avoided if the communication had been more effective. And some of that uh, is on me. There were some lessons learned here where had I gone to some of the meetings that I, you know, I, I don't normally go to and I don't normally need to go to, I may need it. I may have needed to go. You know what I mean? I may, knowing what I know now and knowing some of the things that are being decided at this meeting regarding uh, things that are important to me, like there's representation there, but um, my CEO is not equipped to, to argue back or answer some of those questions unless I equip him, right? Or unless I'm there to back him up. Uh, so so I, there were some lessons learned on my part where maybe I should have been there when it got close to my food load to be able to back him up and answer some of those questions when it came up. Because something that came out of this was that the way that we were doing it and the days we were doing it and the support that was expected was briefed continually for weeks at some of these meetings. And because it wasn't the closest alligator to the boat, it's like people weren't really listening or didn't really kind of process how it was going to affect you know, all these other organizations or, or whatever. It just wasn't the closest alligator to the boat, so they weren't ready to deal with it. And then when it did get close, everybody decided they had a problem with it. I, I don't know. I don't know how that all happened because I wasn't there and maybe I should have been. Uh, and that was part of it. Making sure I communicate and, and brief my CEO a little bit better on this thing so that when he's going to these meetings, he has, you know, what he needs. Um, and there's another representative that goes with him that's kind of the coordinator of everything that goes on that, you know, I could have probably equipped a little bit better. Uh, and those were lessons learned on my part. I didn't think I needed to do that, but I did. And that would have helped the communication be a lot more effective, right? Um, but it was very interesting to me the way that it fell apart, how how grandly, like how, how just epically, and, and it was such a such a just catastrophic failure of the process that it was very comical to me the way and comical in like a just a, a a way that I didn't really like think about I guess where the the people that are in these positions are very experienced very intelligent senior people been around a long time have been doing what they've been doing for a long time that I kind of just thought that at this level of an organization that miscommunication sh happens sure they're human they're not perfect you know I, I got that piece but just at the level and experience that some of these people are at I didn't think that it would fail on the scale that it did and it did and it, and it was I mean pretty ridiculous in the way that it failed um, some of it I, you know I like I said, I, some of it's on me and I take ownership of that, obviously, but, um, some of it was, was the way that it was represented to me anyway, was, uh, pretty clearly 
just a giant failure in communication on, on the part of a lot of people. And it was, it was confusing a little bit and it was curious a little bit because I think there's a lot to be learned there. And I, as I continue to dig into this, I'm curious to see what other things I can kind of figure out, uh, on why we ended up in the place we did. And, uh, there was a lot of angry people today, uh, myself being one of them, uh, at one of the meetings where I thought this was all cleared up and on the morning of day two of my food load, I'm finding out tomorrow on a Saturday when I did all this coordination, I might not have the critical support that I need. Um, I was extremely upset. And so, you know, it, it, it's, and that, that just highlights that and, and all these other things highlight just how important this concept is that it never ends and that you constantly need to be working on it, not just at, for yourself and at your level, but for your organization and at your organizational level, you constantly, constantly, no matter how good you think you are, you are never, ever, ever done communicating. You're never done being better at it. You're never done practicing it. You're never done honing that skill. Um, because it is so, so, so important. Uh, and that's it. Uh, that was my, my, one of my experiences for today. I'm gonna, I'll talk about that VIP tour. I'll talk about some other stuff. I got some other topics bouncing around in my head. I just got to find the time to record them. Uh, uh, and I'm pretty excited about doing that, but I got another episode coming up soon. The next one I'm going to drop is going to be the update to the advancement program. A lot of you may have seen that instruction. I shared it. Uh, there was a lot of very, very significant uh, updates to the Navy advancement uh, manual and the, and the program itself. So uh, if you haven't crawled through that instruction line by line, you need to. Uh, it's very important. It's going to impact your sailors quite a bit. Uh, so I'm going to bring that and I'm going to talk about the, the PMK exams and when they come into effect and all that stuff all on uh on one episode where I, I dive into advancement and i'm gonna try to pull our friends at blue jacketeer into that one too so i hope you're listening <laughs> and uh i'm gonna try to get that one out and then i've got another one that i i need to uh i owe somebody an answer on that'll be a kind of an interview q a style with uh with him and his experiences that i talked about during the bcnr episode uh so lots of good things to come uh and i hope to get all that done before i go on deployment and i also hope to get through editing a lot of old spin the yarns that i have i know you guys just heard an old one from me uh that I recorded on the 4th of July. I got a lot of them queued up and I'm going to try to uh, time those so to release them while I'm gone uh, so that hopefully you don't notice a huge drop off. <laughs> but that's it. That's all I got today. Uh, I'm going to get some dinner uh, and head home because I got another long day of loading food tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs> <laughs>